Can you guys believe that we are this far into the season now? I mean, these games, we still kind of have some tournaments going on, but these games are really starting to matter as we welcome you back into another episode of 307 Baseball. I'm Cullen Holt. Elon Olive, we'll start with you. Scores from last week that jumped off the score sheet to you. Well, first off, Cullen, welcome back. We've missed you. Um, so scores that really stood out to me was uh, Jackson at Thunder Ridge getting a sweep over them. Uh, 15 to nothing over Thunder Ridge out of Pocatello, Idaho, and 12 to 2 over that same team on June 15th. Um, some other scores that definitely stu- uh, stood out post six sweeping conference games over Sheridan, 9 to 5 and 11 to 2. So post six doing exactly what we figured they do. Some out of state tournaments at the uh, Woodback Classic. Evanston finishing fourth at that tournament, uh, playing a, some really, really tough Idaho competition. Just a great week that we just wrapped up. And yeah, uh, Elon, to go off of what you're saying there about, you know, Cheyenne kind of beating up on the troopers, that's what's been fun to watch lately in the polls, was you knew the consistent one too, right? You had post six, number one, Gillette two, but three, four, five all kept changing positions. And Sheridan had a rough week last week. They went 0-4, I think, in conference. Uh, They got beat around by Cheyenne, and then they lost another two. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can rebound now, because just like that, I think they lost two to Laramie. Well, that actually is a good point, good spot to kind of bring in some some standings, if that's okay with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And nice job, Matthew Peterson, of teasing. Uh, we're going to have a new coaches. And we will. And I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, like I was saying, post 6-1, uh, Gillette 2, and then you've got Laramie, Sheridan, and Casper, who are going to come beating each other up a little bit and trying to figure out those three, four, five with Evanston right now on the outside looking in. They've got to play a conference game. So when that gets underway, that will give us a much better picture of where they kind of fit in in this kind of four-team race for three spots and just our made-up land of how important this media poll is. But it is fun to see them, you know, moving around in the table. Well, let's start with a single A. First, we've got uh, single A Southwest. Green River Knights on a 11-14 overall record, but a 4-0 and conference record. That's big because that means they've played their other two teams. The first time through their conference, they're undefeated. So right now, Green River looks like the number one in Southwest. Number two, Rollins at 3-14 and with a 500 conference record at 3-3. and and Buffalo comes in with a 1-15 record with a 1-5 conference record. Moving on to the Northwest, Cody Cubs are 20-12 with a 2-0 conference record. Powell Pioneers yet to play a conference game, but when they do, it's going to be awesome to see how that works out. 17-3 overall, so two of the probably best teams in the state right now in that, uh, in that single A Northwest. And then the Level Mustangs, at 10 and 12 with an 0 and 2 conference record. Let's move to the single A Southeast. Wheatland Lobos lead that division with a 2 and 0 conference record, a 13 and 9 overall record. Cheyenne Hawks at 3 and 3 with a 17 and 14 overall tally, and Torrington with a 8 and 8 overall and a 1 and 3 conference. Final of the single A in the Northeast. The Casper Drillers, they're looking impressive. Three games over 500 with a 16 and 13 overall record, but a 3 and 1 run the first time through their conference. Douglas, 14 and 10 with a 1 and 1 conference record, and Riverton, 7 and 9 with an 0 and 2. Let's go ahead and move on to the double A. Let's start with the Wild West. Casper Oilers, 25 and 12 with a 2 and 0 conference record. Evanston with a 17 and 14 overall record. No conference games yet. Jackson, 9 and 
22, no conference games yet, and Rock Springs 9 and 27. 0-2 conference record. Now to the east where it really it feels like the heavy hitters of this entire double A are here. Cheyenne post six, 38-10-1 and a 5-1 and conference record. That one conference loss coming to Laramie who sits second now. Remember last week they were towards the bottom but after two victories over Sheridan that puts them at 500 conference wise at 3-3 three and three and a 24-11 and record. Gillette 35-16 and with a 1-1 one one conference record. Sheridan in fourth with a 21-16 and 1-5 conference record. But the bottom line is every team in that double A East over 500 overall. Yeah, just take a deep breath there. You <laughs> just rattled off all those standings, but it does give you a really good, you know, zoom out picture of what's going on in American Legion baseball right now. So thanks for that, Elon. Um, by the way, we're brought to you uh, by YDOT. Buckle up for life, Wyoming. Seatbelts are the single most effective traffic safety device for preventing death and injury. Everybody has a reason to buckle up. What's yours? Mine is my fish that I just got this weekend. Because <laughs> I don't know what they'd do without me. Oh, my God. But, but seriously, buckle up for life, Wyoming, uh, the single most effective traffic safety You guys device. are so much better at the, what's your reason. I, I just said I wanted to come back in one piece. Well, yeah. But you're, you guys have creative responses. Uh, with the fish, Elon, what did you say last week? My wife. Okay, yeah, that's important, I mean, too. that's a pretty big one. I like, I, the fish, though, they're counting on you now. They, I, they can't feed themselves. What did you catch? I didn't, I didn't catch anything. I went and got them. He, uh, oh, you got them. He, oh. he caught a receipt from Petco. <laughs> uh, I felt a little, you know, left out on Father's Day, so I got myself <laughs> some, some fish kids. Did they get? Did they like buy you a Father's Day gift, like a little, the fish like little not. draw you a thing? The fish did not, unfortunately. We're gonna have to talk about that later. Okay. Uh, but anyways, baseball. Uh, we had a bunch of good results, like you said last week. Uh, a lot of out-of-state tournaments. Uh, Cheyenne Post Six was in Broomfield, Colorado. We had the Wood Bat Tournament, Pocatello, like you mentioned, and then the Chris. Hodges Memorial Tournament in Jackson. Uh, a bunch of good teams at that one as well. Uh, and as you mentioned, we're going to drop a poll a little bit later on, the new coaches and media poll later on in this episode of 307 Baseball as well. Uh, but we've got a player interview this week that we're super excited about. Well, real quick, uh, congratulations are in order. Reigning Pitcher of the Year, Gillette's Caden Race has, uh, and this is via Twitter, has committed to the Yakima Valley College over in Washington State. So another Wyoming player will be playing at the next level. Yeah, big shout out to Caden Race for a huge accomplishment right there, taking the next step, reigning pitcher of the year, like you said, a really great multi-sport athlete. He was at the Shrine Bowl. We saw him at the Shrine yep. Bowl. Uh, so big, big shout out to him. And also, anyone else that's going to the next level, let us know. We do our best to try and get our research in, but believe it or not, it's a little difficult and probably in a good way to get information on high school kids. So if yeah. you've got any information, hit us up, podcast at mylocalradio.com. Yeah, and uh, Yakima Valley, those kids can play. I, I, had a, I was working for a team where we had a couple of Yakima kids, Yakima alums, a couple of pitchers, and uh, yeah, they can play. The Yaks? They, they are the Yaks. They are is the that yaks. the plural? Really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Just By the way, that is that. coming from the Gillette Rough Riders Twitter account. So anyways, we have a player interview this week that we are, we've been keeping you in suspense, but we're very excited about it. So uh, let's go with that right now. 
Welcoming to 307 Baseball, two players from the Pal Pioneers. We have Kobe Ostermiller and Brock Johnson. And first, I want to start with you, Brock. You are the leader at uh, single A in pretty much every pitching category. Uh, is this something that you were expecting to do to dominate the single A? Or is this a bit of a surprise and it's kind of a, a lot of hard work kind of coming to pass for you? Uh, I wasn't expecting it. But after we threw more bullpens this year, and that's really helped. And so it's all really just been coming together this past couple of weeks. Hey, Brock, can you pinpoint a time where you kind of were on the mound and you just were you were just feeling it and you knew everything was clicking for the 2021 season? Uh, not really, but I knew my first couple starts that, yeah, this was going to be a pretty good year, but. I couldn't really I I was just always that way it wasn't really just one start I started out that way and it's been that way ever since my next question is for Kobe Kobe you are the offensive leader on this team you're the state leader in RBIs according to the stats we've been able to compile up to this point uh, and it's a big reason why the Pal Pioneers have had such a strong season in 2021 what are some other reasons you think the Pioneers have been absolutely on fire in the new season um, well I'd probably say just our young guys coming out this year and playing with confidence we've uh we're still pretty young, so we've grown up a little bit. We've been solid in the field, solid at the plate. So I think just a combination of those two has helped us get out to the good start that we have. And then, Kobe, another question for you. Uh, you're, As I mentioned, you're the offensive leader. You're the state leader in RBIs, which, depending on who you talk to, could be the most valuable stat offensively in American Legion baseball in the state of Wyoming. Uh, just talk about what your your batting routine is. Do you have any superstitions or any uh, anything that you're thinking when you go into the box with uh, runners in scoring position? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm pretty superstitious about a couple of things. I, you know, I step into the box. I like to look at my hands. You know, after every pitch, I spit on my gloves. But mainly it's just a mindset thing, knowing that I can go in there and hit any pitch that's thrown to me and be able to put my team in a position to win. Brock, kind of coming back to you, and you know how I asked Kobe about any superstitions he has before he gets in the batter's box. Do you have any superstitions you have on days you're scheduled to start? Um... I always like to play long toss for just a couple of minutes before just to really get my arm warmed up. And then after that, I come in and do a flat ground, a mini flat ground, and then I go to the mound right away, the bullpen mound. I throw 30 pitches and look at my off speeds, my fastball, see how they're going, and then I'm usually good to go from there. And another question for the both of you, and this time, Kobe, if you would answer first and then Brock. Uh, looking at your playing style, what kind of major league player would you be able to compare your playing style to now? Oh, geez. That's a, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, probably a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that, but I'll look into that. I like the answer. Uh, Brock, what about you? Um, I'm kind of stuck on this one, too. Uh, probably someone like Aroldis Chapman. Uh, he's got one off speed, and he throws the fastball pretty fast. I don't throw it near as fast, but i got those two going, fastball and the off speed. So. 
If I could follow up on a comment you made, Kobe, and I'd like to get your your opinion on this, Brock. Um, you mentioned that the young guys are really starting to step up. Can you talk to us a little bit about the team in general? What kind of leadership you guys have for these young players to kind of get them ready to to be that that next core group for the Pal Pioneers? Uh, yeah, the older guys for sure make a big impact uh we look at them and see what they're doing how they practice how they get to practice when they get to practice and after that it's trying to look after like follow in their footsteps and just go after what they're doing and all that their work ethic is really good so we like to just follow that yeah uh we got a good group of seniors to help lead the young guys and the future looks bright for them, and I just want to see them succeed. So setting a good example every day at practice just is really important for this team. If you could, and let's start with you, Kobe, this time. Can you talk about what's been the culture of the Pal Pioneers in 2021? Uh, yeah, I guess um, we're just a hardworking team. Uh, we don't like to boast and really talk that much, but we go out every day, we practice, we play, you know, we play our hearts out and just win. That's pretty much it uh yeah i'm with kobe we like to work hard and then it's really it's usually really fun here we like to have fun most of the time sometimes it's a little too much but for sure just having fun out here with the guys and just playing some baseball well, guys, for a team that, as Kobe put it, doesn't like to talk too much, you guys uh, have done a great interview. I thank you so much for your time. Anything else you guys like to say before we call it an interview? I think that's good. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. That is Pal Pioneers Kobe Ostermiller and Brock Johnson. Yeah, Kobe and Brock have both been having good years, man. Uh, we want to start talking to more and more players, you know, as, as this podcast continues as well. Like you said, we'd love to hear from them. Players and coaches, I mean, so if there's any any coaches that have time to come speak with us, they can get a hold of us again. That uh, that email address we set up last week, it's podcast at mylocalradio.com. I think the, the quick fix is just pronounce everyone's name wrong. I know, so that right? they reach out to tell us. <laughs> And then when they do, we go, well, now we have you here. Do you mind if we chat for a couple minutes? But, yeah, no, we love hearing from the people that we're actually covering. So for all the players out there, don't be shy. Hit us up if you want to hop on the podcast. We'd love to chat with you. And, coaches, if you have a player that you think would be a great interview that you believe deserves this recognition, hit us up. We'd be more than happy to talk with them. So you guys mispronounced his name on purpose, right? Oh, yeah. So there was like three with. or four different was, mispronunciations. I think, I think at some point we got it right. It was a long play to get the interview, right? Yeah, that was yeah, the ultimate uh-huh, goal. We walked uh-huh. in. I mean, we're gonna go with that story. When, when you see a guy batting in the three hundreds, leading the single A and RBIs, it's like, yeah, we gotta talk with this guy. Uh, by the way, it's a real good time to be a baseball fan, don't you think? I mean, there's something special going on, kind of in the middle of the country. Uh, you know, like the Omaha, Nebraska area, or something like that. <laughs> uh, but it's it's good time to be watching baseball. Yeah, and I'm watching it right now, and my my team's not doing too well. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I know. You've been keeping an eye on the College World Series there, Elon. I have, but my team's out, so I, I, it's going to be tough to yeah, it's not tough to be watch very for a minute. Exciting uh, enthusiasm you, out of this podcast going uh, forward, especially if, if I don't see a turnaround with my Tennessee uh, balls right now. Hook them horns. As long yeah, as the, if NC, you know what, I'm pulling for NC State because of the whole. I mean, the underdog. Just the, yeah, ultimate underdog. Yeah. I mean, I can I can think of one bigger underdog in the tournament. And that was when Coastal Carolina beat my Arizona oh, Wildcats right. a few that years ago in the one. finals. Yeah, that's kind of the fun part about college baseball is 
you know, in basketball, you can get those March Madness runs, but you know it's going to end. Baseball, it's not. The baseball, case. it's not like it's a run. It's more of just you have this misconception of from basketball and football that small mm-hmm. schools can't be good. But the Rice Owls, the Cal State Fullertons, and the Coastal Carolinas of the world would say otherwise. And it's not like it's an accidental one in every 15 years. No. I, I couldn't even begin. Like, if aliens came down and we had to explain why college baseball doesn't follow the same formula as football and basketball, the big names do better. I don't know where I would begin to explain. Yeah, I don't know why. But I, it's just not it's just not the same. It doesn't it, carry it, over. If you can get it does the one thing I've kind of noticed is that skill matters, but what matters more is chemistry. And if you have a group that it just has the best chemistry. It doesn't matter where they're from. They're going to they're gonna play well. And I mean, we've seen it how many times. We've seen sh- these Wyoming teams, which come from smaller towns, go up and beat some Nebraskas, go beat some South Dakotas that are from bigger, bigger towns. It's all about chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely right. We thought we would go right into the heart of the college baseball universe. Um, as of right now, we got a hold of... Connor Grandasi, who is uh, an assistant coach for Creighton University, which is right in Omaha. They're playing in their stadium. <laughs> yeah, they're playing right in if their If you look on the outfield wall, it'll say Creighton University. Yeah, hosted by Creighton University. Uh, but Coach Grandasi was, was so generous to give us the time, talk to us a little bit about, uh, a little bit about baseball and a little bit about uh, Wyoming baseball as well. So uh, let's talk to him right now. Joining the podcast now, it is the assistant coach, the hitting coach, the recruiting coordinator for the Creighton Blue Jays, Connor Gandossi. Coach, thank you so much for joining us, and it's great to have you on the podcast. And also, it's great to kind of have some boots on the ground over at the center of the college baseball world right now. So let's kind of start there. I know, uh, of course, you'd like to have your Blue Jays playing at their home ballpark right now at TD Ameritrade Park. But what is it like to have everyone from all four corners of the country come together uh, in the baseball world and have you guys be the host of it? Yeah, absolutely. And first and foremost, thank you for having me guys on your podcast. Uh, I got a chance to listen to a couple episodes over the last you know week or so since you reached out to me. You guys do great stuff and you put out great material. So uh, hats off to you guys for that. But uh, in terms of the World Series and where we're at, I, I think this year there's even more of a buzz than there has been in years past just because of what happened with, with COVID and not having it last year. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I got a chance to walk down and, and we get passes to go check out some of the games and, and things like that. So had an opportunity to, to head down yesterday and watch Arizona and Stanford play a little bit, watch three or four innings. And, you know, you're talking about a day game on a on a Monday afternoon and, and you know, to still have 23, 24,000 people in the stands and more people outside and, and bars and, and, you know, baseball village. Uh, I think it shows you that there is a huge passion and a huge following for college baseball. And I think we're only scratching the surface of, of what the game can be, but the city of Omaha does a tremendous job of, of putting this event on every single year. Uh, it's really special to have that opportunity to be a part of it. Um, you know, we have the, the many of the world series teams will come over to our practice facility. You know, they'll use our weight room. They'll use our turf facility, our indoor hitting facility. So getting an opportunity to see some of the guys that you normally see in, in recruiting gear and, now you get to see him coach a little bit. It's, it's pretty special to see that. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's it's kind of you kind of have to be here to understand it. But there's a ton of people and, and, you know, there's a lot of buzz and there's a lot of excitement. And it just seems it seems more special this year because of everything we've gone through the last 14 months. 
Coach, I imagine that most of the time when you go to a baseball game, you're either trying to look at uh, prospective recruits, you know, maybe future players for you guys, uh, or you're coaching them up. And uh, so when you go to these games at the College World Series, is it easy for you to, to just watch it as a fan? Or, or are you always kind of thinking in the back of your mind what you'd be doing as a coach or evaluating the players on the field? Yeah, that's a great question. So my wife kind of always pokes fun at me about why we watch baseball on TV. And I said, because it's the first time that I'm not freaking out in the dugout. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's the first time where I don't have any skin in the game. And, um, you know, for me to sit in the stands, yeah, I mean, you're always thinking about what would you do in that situation? You're, you're watching players' actions. It's hard to take that out of you. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of watching what guys do at the plate. You're watching, you know, what the catchers do and how they set up and, and different uh, things like that. But, um, you know, for the most part, you're trying to sit back and just enjoy it. So I would tell you that there's, there's uh, less anxiety for me watching those games. Um, and it's, it's nice to just enjoy and watch, you know, high-level talent play, you know, as, as hard as they possibly can. Coach, I've got a two-part question for you while we kind of go over the College World Series aspect of this interview. First question is, what's the best traveling fan base you've seen in Omaha so far? And then the second question is, is there any more common demographic at the College World Series than dads in cargo shorts, or am I missing another group of people that are there? <laughs> um, I will answer the second part, and I will tell you, actually, I've seen – um, more 18 to, to, to 30 range uh, than I've seen in years past. And I don't know, I know, uh, you know, Barstool Sports has, has taken a liking to, um, you know, college baseball recently. So I don't know if that's played a big factor in it. Um, but there's certainly been more of that age bracket, I would say. Obviously, you always have the families and, and you have the old-time baseball fans, the, the 50 to 75 demographic. But in my opinion, I've seen a lot more 18 to 30 this year. Um, you know, it's certainly uh, good to see because that that's the future of, of what we're watching. And obviously you always have the, the young kids that are running around and, and enjoying their time there. So certainly good demographics from that standpoint. But yes, there, you know, you do have the dads in the cargo <laughs> shorts and, you know, Omaha does put on some big baseball tournaments during this time. So there are a lot of baseball dads running around here, um, you know, wearing their Eagle shield, uh, you know, cage jackets and things like that so that's that's always you know funny to watch but in terms of the best fan base that's tough because every team uh has a special fan base when they get here um i would say i picked a a friend up at the uh hotel that's right next to the stadium and and it's a big following for tennessee and and i will tell you that i had my windows open because the weather's been absolutely great here you could hear the fans from the hotel lobby for about a block away um, for, for Tennessee. So I know they're pretty jacked up, but yeah, I would say that Mississippi state and Arkansas, um, are pretty special. That, that fan base is pretty electric. Both of them are, um, their, their followings are, are unbelievable. Um, they're ultra aggressive and, and they care a lot, you know? And so I, I give those two kind of a leg up on, on most people. Um, uh, but like I said, once you get here, you know, you get people coming out of the woodwork to root for you. I was a little happy you said Tennessee because I got to have some full disclosure. I graduated from there recently, so I was hoping that okay. Big Orange would pull through when I asked that question. Uh, they got a yeah, big game no, coming they're, they're, up. Their fans have, yeah, their fans have come out and they've, they've showed well. You know, they, they have a, you know, Tony's done a phenomenal job there, and, and obviously he's a passionate, uh, energetic dude, and, and, you know, he's, he's you know, kind of helped that string along. But their fans have come out. You know, they've, they've, uh, they've definitely shown well in their time here in Omaha, that's for sure. 
Another question I've got about the tournament, does it feel a little strange to see all the other teams playing in your home ballpark, which I got to say is just a beautiful ballpark. I mean, it, I didn't know that Creighton played there until recently. I just assumed it was kind of reserved for Omaha and for the College World Series, but it is a great place to play your home games. Does it feel like, you know, the infield is cheating on you guys a little bit or are you able to look past that? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny you bring that up. So, um you know, we, we, we practice there. We, we have all our home games there. Um, we're the only team that obviously has that luxury. So for us, it's, you know, something we never take for granted. I still get chills every time, you know, we, we walk down the tunnel and go out to the, go out to the field. It's, it's an unbelievable place. Uh, it's an unbelievable ballpark. Um, the grounds crew people are, are top notch. Um, they do anything that, that we need to have success on the field. So, uh, yeah, I would say at first it was weird. Um, but you know, they, in normal years, you know, the Big Ten tournament hosts there, and then obviously you got the, the College World Series. But um, it is pretty cool when you get teams to reach out to you and say, hey, how's the field playing this year? Obviously, your ultimate goal is is to go and, and, and play in the World Series. But, you know, even teams that are in the Pac-12, SEC, Big 12, you know, they struggle getting there as well. So, um, you know, obviously you're always chasing that dream. Um, but, yeah, it is weird. I mean, my, my wife asked me that the other day. She's like, is it still weird for you? And I said, yeah, it is. But you kind of get over it when when you, your home ballpark is the mecca of college baseball. Um, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of turning a blind eye to it, in my opinion. It is a great time to be a baseball fan. That's for sure. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Talk about catching. Cause that's right in your wheelhouse. I know they say uh, that being a catcher is the fastest way to get to the big leagues, uh, but it sure is not easy. So if you've got advice for a high school catcher, like what we're working with here in American Legion ball in Wyoming, I mean, if you had just a short time to talk to them, what would be the things you wanted to get across to them? Yeah. Uh, so I think probably when I was growing up, the, the, misleading thing is that catchers are not very athletic um and i think if you look at the way that the game is you know kind of transforming over the past couple years we are getting more athletic people at all positions um and my advice to young catchers is a work on your flexibility um you know so if you can do yoga if you can do any sort of stretching routine or anything that might make you more flexible you know whether you got to get in the weight room uh that's a big thing and then obviously continuing to work on your athleticism so Playing multiple sports is a good way to do that. If you don't have that luxury, then just making sure that you're doing some sort of agility workouts, some sort of speed workouts. Um, we like all of our catchers to be athletic, and in my time here in the last four years, um, we've we've had that luxury. So, you know, I walked into a Johnny Bench watch list guy with by the name of Mike Amodi, who's with the Kansas City Royals right now in, in, in high A. Um, and, and Mike was special because he was 6'3", 230, but he still ran a 6'6", in the 60. Um, so he was built like a fullback. But he had unbelievable flexibility. He could get into different positions that, that most catchers couldn't get into. And so my advice is you're going to become a better catcher by being more athletic and more flexible. And then in the same time with that is that's also going to help you on the playing field when it comes to hitting, running, and, and fielding. So um, those would be the two biggest things. And then from a skill set standpoint, uh, receiving is a, is a big thing and, and having the ability to receive um, I would probably put throwing somewhere in the middle. Uh, you know, as you get older, you know, you can kind of work on that arm strength. But receiving for me is a big one, and obviously it's kind of a hot topic around the uh, Twitter gurus when it comes to catching. I know you mentioned athleticism and also receiving, but it just seems to me in watching, I could be wrong on this, that the game changes so much for a catcher as you go from the high school level to college and then maybe into the pros and beyond if that's how far you go. 
Uh, so for a catcher, what do you think the ingredients are that, that a catcher needs to have to be successful as they continue from level to level? It's the ability to slow the game down would, would be the big thing. Uh, you know, obviously in high school, um, you know, the, the game is a little bit slower than, than, than college. Uh, and I would say that even junior college baseball is slower than Division One baseball. And Division One baseball is going to be much slower than the professional side. So having the ability to slow the game down, having the ability to be very observant. Um, I, I think with, with catchers, that's why you see so many of them become big league managers is, is they're so knowledgeable on both ends of the game. Um, so having that ability to observe the game and then implement different strategies or, or different philosophies when they're calling a game or controlling the running game or whatever facet it might be when it comes to, to the catching side of it. Um, so I think that's a big one is being observant and then having the ability to implement that inside their game. The second thing is having the ability to slow the game down. And then the third one I would tell you is, is being a, a, a leader. I think catchers need to be leaders on the field. They are the eyes of the field. And it doesn't need to be vocal all the time, but at the same time, they need to be able to grab the bull by the horns and be able to slow that game down if, if things are spiraling out of control. So I think those three things are the biggest things when, when kids need to translate them going forward. But what we see most high school kids when they get to our level at behind the plate, the biggest thing that they struggle with right off the bat um, is, is having that ability to slow it down, whether it's pitch calling, controlling that running game, um, or just slowing things down and, and, and catching the ball for that matter. Hey, Coach, as a former catcher yourself, do you have a framed picture of Buster Posey or Yadier Molina above your bed? Yadi, no doubt about it. So uh, I'm originally from Connecticut. I, I played my college ball at St. Louis University. Um, and part of one of the attractions on the recruiting trip was they would have the Cardinals catching instructor come in once a week in the off season because he lived in the area and worked with the catchers and, and he worked with Yachty personally. Um, and I had a huge, huge passion for Yachty or Molina. Uh, I still do. Um, he's just an absolute stud behind the plate and, and he's kind of, he's kind of like the modern day pudge, if you would, you know, probably kids are, you know, the kids that I coach nowadays don't get a chance to remember what Ivan Rodriguez did at a big league level. Um, and I was pretty young even when he played, but Yachty is that guy, and, and, and he will forever go down as one of the greatest catchers of all time, in my opinion. Coach, you've got to have a special relationship, I like to imagine, when you're a catcher and you work you know, inches away from umpires all the time. Do you have any great umpire stories, or did you have favorites, not, basically, not, not based on the strike zone and that they favored your team, but just umpires you enjoyed working with, kind of? Yeah, that's a good question, and, and you know, from my time as a catcher, we, we still have umpires now that, that umpired me um, now that I'm a coach. So that's, that's pretty cool to see. Um, in terms of stories, I don't, I don't have any special stories off the top of my head, at least none that are probably uh, appropriate for me to say on your podcast. So that might be another, another conversation <laughs> we had because obviously on the, on the playing field, things can get heated from time to time. Um, but I would tell you that as a catcher, um, you, know, you kind of do get that respect of, of being able to have that two-way conversation where – Maybe if you're an outfielder, you don't get that luxury. Um, so I, I would just say, like, you do get that special relationship where it's like, hey, where was that pitch? Well, I got that pitch a little bit outside. Well, I really need that pitch. What can I do to get that for my pitcher? Because he really needs that in order to be successful for today. So having that conversation with them. And on TV, you don't always get to see that uh, because you're taught at a very young age as a catcher, never take your mask off. And if you do take your mask off and you get very, you know, I guess, emotional in, in how you're talking, um, you know, you're probably going to get 
you know, dumped pretty quick. So you're always taught to keep your mask on and, and have that conversation with that. Coach, talking a little bit about uh, the emotions of baseball, and of course it's a, a tradition like any other to see managers get dumped, but I think something that kind of gets lost is the catcher is usually having a front row seat for this fight between a manager and an umpire. What's it like being right next to this argument and just kind of watching it all unfold feet away from you? Yeah, and I think with, with certain positions, you can kind of, uh, that can kind of get lost. So, like, if you're in center field, you don't always get to see and hear everything. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned, you do have a front row seat. Obviously, there's more conversations amongst the pitchers, the catchers, and the managers or coaches about the strike zone, about what's going on. Um, and, and so, for that matter, um, it is pretty special when, you're, when your coach does get fired up and he ends up getting run out of the, uh, out of the game. Um, so that's always fun to see and always fun to be a part of at times, at least as a player, as a coach, you can get pretty frustrating. Um, but it is, it is fascinating. It's, it's kind of like uh, boiling a pot of water. It slowly just starts getting higher and higher. And the next thing you know, it's on the stovetop. So that's kind of my analogy when it comes to, uh, you know, being a catcher and watching a manager get dumped in a game. I love it. Coach, uh, I think the last question I've got for you, unless Colin's got one, just kind of talk to me a little bit about what you know about, you know, Wyoming American Legion baseball from a recruiting aspect and maybe what players in this state can do to get on Creighton's radar and things they can do uh, kind of behind the scenes stuff to make themselves stand out a little bit more than just having, of course, the fundamentals and all that good stuff with them. Yeah, for sure. And I would tell you with um, with social media nowadays, uh, I, I would say that there's not a lot of, of secrets anymore. Um, you know, I think probably back when my boss was, was kind of running around doing what I'm doing right now, um, I think there was probably more secrets out there and you can get a guy that maybe, you know, nobody knew about. Um, but, you know, for the Mets to take a guy like Brandon Nimmo, and I'm a big Mets fan, so, so for, for Nimmo to get drafted as high as he did, I would tell you that up in the East Coast, a lot of people were like, what is going on? You know, like, who, who's this guy from Wyoming that the Mets just drafted? There's good baseball players everywhere. So my advice to these kids is keep working hard as possibly as you can. And then, you know, market yourself and, and do it in a respectful way. But certainly put together some, some video. You know, obviously, if you have the opportunity to go play out of state, um, you know, you should have that luxury and, and be able to travel and things like that. But um, I don't think there's many secrets anymore when it comes to recruiting. I actually, you know, had lunch with a... Uh, scout today or breakfast with lunch with a scout today and, and he mentioned a kid up in your neck of the woods that you know we've heard good things about so you know with that being said people talk you know it's a very small community no matter how big this country is baseball is a very small community so we get phone calls all the time from people all over the country about kids from towns that many people wouldn't know about uh, but we're always in search of that next really good student athlete that can help our program and elevate our program so my advice to kids in, in that neck of the woods is, is just keep working hard, keep getting better, and then you know get some video and send it out and do your research on the schools that you're interested in. Coach, I hope your inbox is ready to get flooded with baseball talent from Wyoming now. Say that again? I hope your inbox is ready to get flooded with uh, baseball <laughs> talent from Wyoming. Hey, you know what? If, if they feel like they can come in and help our program, we feel like do that too we'll take anybody whether it's alaska hawaii or, or you know vermont it doesn't matter we'll take we'll take anybody that can help our program and can elevate our program and you know that's that's the thing that we look for we look for good character you know good makeup and, and kids that have a high level skill set so i am sure that there are plenty of kids up in wyoming that have that ability 
Coach, one last really quick question. Can you give us a pick for the College World Series? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I actually had a uh, kid ask me last night my pick, um, and I said if NC State can get by Vanderbilt, NC State would be my pick. Um, and so they're actually hitting down in our cages right now. Um, if I were a betting man, which I'm not, and the NCAA doesn't allow us to do that, which is fine. <laughs> Um, I would I would say that uh, NC State is is my pick to click. Um, I think they're hot. They're hot at the right time. Um, they seem loose. They're pitching well, and they're getting timely hits when they need to. And if you can beat Jack Leiter as good as he was last night, then you know I think you deserve a little credit. Yeah, I mean they took down Arkansas at their home place and knocked off and shut out Vandy. So why not go with the hot team like you said? Coach, that's, that's right. all the questions I've got. Colin, anything else you think we should go over? Coach, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yep, that is the Creighton assistant coach, hitting coach, and recruiting coordinator, Connor Gandassi. All right, Coach, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on, guys. You know, that's a weird, a weird feeling it's got to be to have these big teams in this huge event playing in your home ballpark that you practice in and play in all the time. And it got me thinking, I, I should have asked him about this as well, uh, but it got me thinking – there's kind of some of that going on in Wyoming American Legion baseball, too. And do you think it kind of gives you an advantage, maybe, if you're Laramie, knowing that the state tournament's going to be there? Uh, if you're Gillette, you know, knowing that there's going to be a big postseason tournament there? Or if you're in their conference and you play there once a year when some teams might not? Uh, and it kind of got me thinking about that. The teams in Creighton's conference or Creighton themselves might have a little bit of an advantage if they were to get... Uh, to the final eight in the world of college baseball. Before we address that, I, for, I want to give a big shout out to Matthew. That was a great pull for an interview to get Creighton on this specific week. That was that was a great job. So hats off to you, buddy. Yeah, and all I would say was it is amazing what you can do if you just ask. Yeah. And that's kind of just a, a random life lesson, um, but just a simple email and some back yeah. and forth, and he was more than happy to chat with us. Uh, and to answer your question, I remember we had Nate Perleberg on a few weeks ago. And I asked him, I was like, does it feel like there's there's an advantage since you guys are going to be at the regional, you're out, you get the automatic bid, it's being played at your ballpark? And he says, honestly, we're not even thinking about that. We're thinking about uh, about one thing at a time. And I think you're probably seeing that a lot, especially with Laramie. I mean, Laramie's on a hot streak right now. I mean, right now we have Gillette as the number two. I think they're going to stay there. Uh, we don't know the results yet, but I think they're going to stay there. But it would not shock me if Laramie climbs into that top three or top two at some point in the season. Should we should we drop the the newest coaches of media poll? I mean, it seems like a good time to do it. Yeah, Colin, let's go ahead and start with recapping where the rankings were. So going into this new coaches and media poll, we have Cody one in the single A, Powell two, Riverton three, Wheatland four, and Cheyenne five. In the double A, it's uh, post six, one, Gillette two, Casper three. Laramie four and Sheridan five. So let's go ahead and dig into these new rankings at the single A. At number five, we have no one because we have a two-way tie for fourth. So we still have our top five teams in the state as chosen by the coaches. But uh, here are the top five teams. So tied for fourth, we have the Cheyenne Hawks rising one spot to a fourth place tie. And the Casper Drillers now coming in at number four. At number three, the Wheatland Lobos rise from four to three. At number two, we have a new number one because Cody has fallen to number two. And if Cody is number two, that only means one thing. The Pal Pioneers are our new number one team in single A. 
Yeah, I love what Powell has done this year. They've done a really good job of, of being consistent. But you got to remember that Cody is a perennial powerhouse. And so down the stretch this season, I feel like those two teams are oh, yeah. so fun to watch. Oh, man, I would love to make it to the single-A state tournament to watch that that showdown right there. Let's go ahead and talk about double-A right now. And uh, let's, again, recap it. Cheyenne 1, Gillette 2, Casper 3, Laramie 4, and Sheridan 5. So the new ranking. All right, coming in at number five, we have the Sheridan Troopers holding their spot at number five. Uh, I think they're they're going to be rising in the next coaches and media poll if they can continue to play. Uh, they s- split against Casper. That's a big deal. And then in a conf- in a conference double header against Gillette, they won four to three on a walk off RBI double by Dubberly in the seventh, and then won the second game thirteen to three. They sweep the games with nine runs in the last two innings of that one. Big thank you to our friends at Wild Preps for providing that information. Kilpatrick and Greer had three hits and three RBIs apiece in the 10-run victory for Sheridan. So they're number five, but I think uh, they're probably on their way up. At number four, we have Casper Oilers falling down one spot to number four. And that means at number three, Laramie, who I think is a team that I think is a little underappreciated right now. You go and beat Cheyenne in a conference game. That's a pretty big deal. But Laramie is at number three. Gillette holds their spot at number two. And once again, Cheyenne post six are the unanimous number one. I'm going to be curious, I guess I should say, uh, as to who can who can touch Cheyenne and what that's going to look like. Because we've seen some teams do it yep. before. Yep. But how's that going to look in crunch time as we get further and further into the season? That's and, what I'm interested to watch. And the thing that's interesting to me is that we've seen teams in Wyoming do it. Usually when you talk about Cheyenne post-6 losing, you're not talking about a Casper. You're not talking about a, uh, a, uh, a Laramie. Last year, Gillette kind of had their number. But if we had this coaches and media poll, I guarantee you Gillette would have been the number one team throughout the entire season until we got to the state tournament. Um, but this year we're seeing a lot of parody in that East. We're seeing Laramie get, get a game from Cheyenne. We saw Casper take a game from Cheyenne. We saw a close game between Evanston and Cheyenne at one point. Uh, it's been, it's been a lot of parody, but that's how you know who the best, who the best teams are and who, who the dynasty is. And that's, even though there's the competition has gotten tougher, Cheyenne post six has not, uh, loosened their grip on that domination at all. I love seeing the the perspective, and sometimes I kind of wish it wasn't anonymous because I'd be kind of curious to see who's, <laughs> who's voting for who, but I know that compromises the integrity of the poll, but it, it would be fun. And uh, just for my own personal reasons, it'd be cool to see how everybody is voting. Uh, we've got a full slate of games coming up this week. We had some games already played early in the week. This weekend will be busy. Matthew, I know you've been hitting the books. You've been doing your research. You've got the, you know, the glass board with all the yarn strings <laughs> Everything. And the numbers he, floating he's around. Got, he's got the map of Wyoming. It's like, yeah, right. could be in this, this game could be here. This that's game right. could be here. That's a little Charlie out of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I know. I love it. Um, but, yeah, I do got three games. And let's get started with the popcorn game. Popcorn game is rather similar to last week, but I'm a sucker for those double-A conference games. And we have Gillette and Sheridan 
playing two. So the results are already out for this one, but that's my popcorn game of the week. Gillette and Sheridan doubleheader conference games. Yeah, especially with with Sheridan sweeping Gillette in that game. Sorry, I just got to ask a question about that game. Uh huh. How important is that game to Sheridan after getting swept? After by last week, after I know because that was a Sheridan team that's kind of been a roller coaster this year. Had some high, had some lows, and not a good start and, to the and, conference season. And they are talented. They are mm-hmm. very talented. And sometimes baseball just works out that way, where you the it, it's it's not necessarily a game of luck, but sometimes things can kind of just. Not go your way one time, not go your way three or four times, and then you're all of a sudden you're on a bit of a skid. But I just feel like that game is so important. Those two games are so important for Sheridan. Yeah, I agree. Hot dog game of the week is going to be the Cheyenne Hawks. They're hosting a border war tournament against Colorado. They're taking on, and I just love this name. That's kind of half the reason why it's the hot dog game of the week. The Longmont Green Machine. I mean, me machine. Turn into Green Machine. I love it. Uh, so that's going on uh, this uh, upcoming, this Friday. Uh, and it's a border war. And you know, out there, and especially Cheyenne and Laramie, when you're right next to Colorado and you get that UW and CSU matchup, the border war, it's always fun when it kind of spills over to other sports as well, like baseball. So that's my hot dog game of the week. And then the third one, we're going to switch it up. It's going to be a food from a... Uh, concession stand at TD Ameritrade Park out in Omaha right now for the College World Series, and they have a great menu there. This is the Diggity Dog. Diggity Dog is... It's actually... Sorry, we backtrack a little bit. It's the Diggity Dog concession stand, okay? And the meal itself is going to be the No Crying and Baseball Dog. <laughs> Just can't beat it. The No Crying and Baseball Dog. It's topped with spicy lightning cheese sauce, frazzled, and I just love the adjectives here, onions, ketchup, and habanero relish. So I don't know if I love the idea of the hot dog itself, but when you're called the No Crying and Baseball Dog, you get a shout-out on 307 Baseball. I feel like the whole point of that dog is to make you cry. Yeah, I could see that. You're Your right. Your eyes are going to be watering after Yeah, that that's thing. some hot cheese. So... Do I get to make fun of the way you said habanero? I know. I butchered ha- it. I know. <laughs> habanero. But the thing was, like, I was reading it, and as I was reading it, I was like, what is on this thing? Because <laughs> I'm not sure if the fact that you're from Illinois gives me, like, license no, to I, make fun no, of you. No, I habanero. a free pass. Well, I, I know how to say I habanero think. for the record. I think that's the second time today. What was the other word I said earlier? Spokane. Spokane. <laughs> <laughs> I know. English has been difficult for me today. Uh, Yakima Valley Spokane. guy's not going to be pleased. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Spokane. I know. I literally just read it as it's spelled. Uh, Spokane. I know uh. how it works. Uh, that's because the outlaws are playing a couple teams from that neck of the woods this weekend uh, up in Missoula. Montana, but my no crying in baseball dog is going to go to Cheyenne Post 6. They're in Omaha for the College World Series Blue Jay Classic, so you really can't beat it when you've got someone from 307 Baseball, one of the teams we overlook, uh, playing in Omaha, not for the College World Series, but you know, just a step below. They're taking on Creighton Prep, and so I figured that was pretty fitting, talking with uh, the Big guy from Creighton, uh, Coach Gandor, uh, Gandasi. So, yeah, that is my no crying in baseball dog game of the week. So those are the three games of the week to watch out for. So we're all going to hop in the car after the show and go to Omaha and watch that I, game, you know, right? I would love to. It is frustrating because I had a lot of friends from home ask me, you know, are you going to go to Omaha? And it's like, you know what? Things are actually rather more spread out here than you realize. <laughs> Omaha is like 
about depending on where you are in you know Wyoming, uh, can be up f- from six hours to twelve hours away. So and we're on that twelve. Hour we're on, we're close to the twelve hour side. But if you're in Cheyenne, you're just taking eighty all the way to Omaha. So that's not so bad. Like what you know, Post Six is doing this weekend. Yeah, there's a lot of good games uh, and uh, a lot of good tournaments too, including uh, another Woodbat tournament up in Cody. So, and that's an adjustment right there, going from the mm-hmm. middle to the wood bats. That's not as easy as it sounds. That is for sure. With Evanston going up to uh, Missoula, Jackson, Jackson will be in Bozeman, Sheridan will be in Billings, uh, Casper will be in Bozeman, uh, the Casper Oilers, and uh, like you said, Cheyenne going to head out to Omaha to be with uh, a lot of other really good baseball teams right now. Elon, you've got your eye on a few players that have been impressing you. Who are they? Let's do our player to watch, and we're going to go with Torrington's Jackson Jones. Uh, not, it, they're just getting their season started. And so far, he's batting 457 with nine RBIs. So he's my player to watch. My hot bat, we're going to go to the Double A West. And it's the team. Ah, it's the team to beat in the West. They're, let's be honest here. The Casper Oilers, Samson Wagner. On June 21st, went three for five, two runs, five RBIs versus Sheridan, and a home run. Just so, sprinkled just, in the home run, too, yeah, right. To really put the icing on it. Yeah, it was it was a great performance by Wagner, and my pitcher to watch is one that I've actually had a, the pleasure of seeing in person a few times. We're gonna go over to Gillette, where actually Matthew and I were at this last weekend, not for baseball, but for the soccer all-star game. But we're going to go with Jason Fink. On Friday, June 18th, he went five innings pitched, three hits, two runs, none of them earned, 11 strikeouts. 11 strikeouts. Yeah. Wow. Double digits. And he's also, if I remember correctly, he's a younger guy. I think he might be an incoming junior. So he's definitely... One of those you air know, to the Caden race, Matt Newland type throwing things going on. Coach Gandasi from Creighton talked about how they had someone from Wyoming on their, you know, keep an eye on list. Makes you wonder if it's the arms, maybe. You know, we know yeah. there's some great bats in the state, but maybe it's the arms. And we're going to tease you guys a little bit. We have a great interview for next week with another coach that is also looking at some Wyoming players. Happens so, to be in Nebraska as well. Yeah, we're not going to say anymore, but we got that one already done for you guys, waiting for next week. And he's going to watch, we'll, you know, be, you know, full frontal here. He's going to watch players this week. And so when the interview airs next week, he's talking about what he's going to do this weekend. That was this past weekend. But we'll remind you guys that next weekend. But, you know, bring your A game this weekend because there are college coaches out and about. Because only eight teams, actually only seven teams are still playing right now at the time of this interview. Soon it will just be six teams playing. And the rest of them are on the recruiting trail. It is going to be a fun week. Not only the College World Series going on, if you want to keep that on your TVs, uh, but we've also got a bunch of really good games. Our broadcaster friends from all over the state are going to be having their respective teams. I know we'll be live on mylocalradio.com with Matthew P. up in Missoula, Montana. Elon, as we get ready for what will be a great weekend, uh, what are your thoughts? Thoughts are uh, these conference. This we're at the point of the season where conference games are are are. Not must wins, but they definitely can be a season setter. If you can get, if you, like for example, if you're Sheridan, if you can get one of those conference games, um, that that erases a lot of the issues that you've had, and you can build on something. So I'm extremely uh, excited and anxious to see how teams that have been struggling a little bit in conference how they respond in this second part of the conference season. 
Matthew, we don't have to sit here in the office and look at your ugly face for the next few days, but uh, are you excited to head up to Missoula? Yeah, I am very excited to head up to Missoula. Uh, Going to be covering the Evanston Outlaws up there, and just a little interesting to see how they go up against Spokane. Or was it Sp- Spokane? No, you got it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah Sp- I, I'm just messing with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, but a lot of great baseball being played up in Missoula, and can't wait to check out Montana. First time for me going up there. All righty. Don't forget, we're brought to you by Buckle Up for Life Wyoming, the Wyoming Seatbelt Coalition, and their mission is to increase seatbelt usage in Wyoming to prevent fatalities and decrease the number and severity of injuries and traffic crashes. By working together to increase seatbelt usage, we can drive our state towards zero traffic deaths. That would be awesome. Everybody has a reason to buckle up. What's yours? This is 307 Baseball, and we'll talk to you guys next time.